Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, getting a lot of good texts on the Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryan's dynamic that we can get to here. we got a nice long segment here. Sean Pendergast. Somebody, somebody accused us of beating a dead horse, and I said the... The press conference was yesterday. We haven't had a chance to beat this horse yes. Right, yesterday. right. So we're beating it about the the ears and nose, okay? Until until it dies finally. Yeah, yeah. Go it's ahead. gonna be a fire slow me, Les Alexander. Go ahead and fire me. Yeah. Um You're done for, old man. Do you we, got no power. Are we sure that it is a Houston texter, not a Kansas City texter? Are we sure? Oh. Yeah, pretty sure because that was yeah, because we talked about yep. this quite a bit. Eight three two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just says why are you about be- the top? Yeah, he says why are you beating a dead horse? He didn't specify what we were talking about. I saw the same text. It was right. It was right when we were talking about the D'Amico Ryan yeah, yeah, and Sean yeah. Payton stuff. It was just it was uh, that we've talked about that topic before. Except now it's been asked about from Sean Payton and from the owner and GM directly, so it's relevant. So we yeah. hadn't talked about that specific part of it yet. That was a fresh Philly yes. um, that yeah. we're beating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a new, brand new one. Uh, someday we'll shoot it trackside, okay? Right, We'll right. get what you want. Well, you'll get your pound of flesh. Yeah. You'll get your horse shot in front of you, you right. sicko. Right, But for, not, not yet. For now, we're just tormenting it a little bit. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. J.J. Uh, Watt, <laughs> a topic we discussed earlier, be warned. Um J.J. Watt. Here's J.J. Watt uh, from the Rich Eisen Show on why he chose to retire now. Every single day is a mental grind and trying to make sure that you're the most prepared, trying to make sure that your recovery is the best. And even in January, February, you're already, you know, stressing about making sure you're prepared for the next season. And those are the types of stresses and mental, you know, mental gymnastics that I was ready to be done with. I wanted to enjoy time with my son and my wife. I wanted to go through life and, and know what it feels like to just kind of relax a little bit. And if I miss a workout to play golf, then I miss a workout to play golf. And, and I don't have to like worry, did I do the right thing today or did I hurt my chances of having a good season? Basically, he retired because of leg day, Sean. Uh, <laughs> yes. Which I, I feel like that's the most, I feel like good that's way the most relatable it. way to put it. Yeah. He was tired of doing leg day. All day, yeah. every day for 365 days. Right, yeah. and not being able to skip one just to go get nine in at the end of the day. Yeah, he wants to skip leg day, bro. Right, okay? right. Uh, it's uh, it's true that part. And like to, to put it, you know, JJ's not framing that like you know a woe is me, feel sorry for me type of way or anything. He understands you know the difference between that and and real work. There is. 
there is that pressure, especially when your body is banged up, where it's just constant stress of always, like always having to have like a sneaker commercial caliber workout and uh, and trying to get back to right and while your body is in physical pain. That the he had started off that quote by saying it was more the mental than the physical side, but it's the mental stress of getting the physical side ready. And then not to mention like during the season of just constantly being evaluated every day. When you first step away from it, it does it feels like you're there's a weight being lifted off of you because you're so used to being evaluated and judged every single day uh, that you don't you don't even even though JJ thinks he knows, he doesn't even know really how how much pressure that is over time. Yeah, well, and some of the guys I've talked to about that, I, I wrote a big article about this for the Houston Press like six years ago, seven years ago. I might have even talked to you for it. I know I talked to Chris Myers and a few other former Texans um, and, and some guys outside of Houston. Eric Winston, I think, I talked to. Um, but people don't realize, most people, like how much of your time is spoken for as a football player throughout the year particular times of day in season obviously a ton of your time is spoken for like it's a very regimented lifestyle and yeah. to to the point where when some guys retire they talk about how like all of a sudden the all the free time you have is actually a detriment like it's it's you know, some guys don't do well with that like it turns, right, right, it turns yeah. out the structure was actually you know finding the happy medium between the structure you had as a player and the complete yeah. lack of structure you have in retirement is a struggle for some guys yeah, the part um, I I can remember talking to my brother in law about it while I was playing, and and I guess yeah, I didn't really necessarily realize the difference between like living like a like a quick a quote unquote normal job and my job because I took my job very seriously, and he said you know I don't know man like it's just I see the way you have to always you like you always go home early from stuff and you don't you never stay up late and you like all these other sacrifices that he was pointing out that. Like, he just didn't live his life that way. And I never really, like, thought of them as sacrifices. I, a lot of times it's just a nice excuse to leave the party. So, <laughs> it's like, okay. Sorry, guys. I got a, a real tough workout in the but morning. But you know, I'm um, a ball but player, there is, right? As far as, like, the diet and, you know, the, being responsible about alcohol and all that other stuff, it's a, it's a different lifestyle that you don't really realize that it's any different than, than anybody else's um, until you're done with it. Uh, but it, and again, again, I cannot state enough. But it's awesome. Like, okay, yeah, it's yeah, not no, like it, nobody's. But it's just. But when your body starts to break down, then it's not so awesome. And then when you've got a bunch of money in the bank, that's the decision that you know. JJ's at a point now where yes, the he appreciates how much money you make doing that. But he's got a bunch of that in the bank, and and he's just tired of living that way. I wonder how he feels physically. Like he's had so many. Like, he's had a bunch of big injuries. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. because the back stuff is what you would wonder about. Yes. And it, it was when he had that back stuff that he played through that it seemed like everything after that kind of went haywire. Yep. And he started having all those other injuries. I A lot of it comes down to whether you have arthritis or not. Because you don't – you can get a lot of major injuries without getting cartilage damage. And those guys tend to do all right as long as they stay active afterwards. Um, but the But the back is the big wild card. I mean, he seems – you know he's going to take care of himself. And I think the the one thing a lot of guys have to learn – I remember talking to Chris Myers about this. Like, he was – he told me what workout he was doing like six months after he was done. I was like, dude, that 
you don't. That's unnecessary. <laughs> like you're not. Stop doing that now. Well, he was like, you know, doing box jumps and throwing stuff around and everything. Like, man, your your body. Ross Tucker put this the best because I and I I was in a little bit of denial when I was done because I felt pretty good for having had as many injuries as I did. I took about two years to get myself right. I went and actually got like extra physical therapy, like did intensive physical therapy at a couple different facilities. And like, I went from feeling awful to feeling pretty good over the course of actually, I guess about three years. And I decided like, that's when I ended up, you know, like I went from, I would have definitely qualified for disability to like, okay, I I won't qualify for disability now. Um, But what Ross Tucker said is like, basically if you're 35, your body is aged like it's 45. So that at the age of 35, you feel pretty good still but then all of a sudden you get to 45 and you're like oh this actually feels like i'm 55 <laughs> like okay now i get it and then by the time you get to 55 you're getting the artificial knees where a lot of people don't have to get them until they're 65 or so so i think that uh, ross probably stated it the most accurately you're just prematurely aged yeah um yeah jj did climb to the top of camelback mountain in 46 minutes over the weekend so he, yeah, it, it looks yeah. like things with are a weighted going, vest with on. a weighted vest. He pointed that out too. Yeah, so he seems to be seems to be doing okay. One of our listeners said that Camelback is. It's he said that like it's not the most grueling, but it's grueling enough that a lot of people take it casually, and there are a lot of people turning turning around on Camelback. Oh, so, like, really? As you're walking up, yeah. Like it's not the easiest. It, people are deceived by the fact that it's you know you should be able to do it within a couple hours, but they don't realize that, like yeah, a couple hours of going misery really straight up yeah. in like uh in not the most forgiving of climates. So you yeah. said Lopez climbed Camelback Mountain when we were in Phoenix for the Super Bowl several years I ago. I know he had, I know he attempted to, but he mm-hmm. also, if I recall properly, this was a few years ago. It seems like he didn't bring enough water or something. Okay, I, I can't remember. We'll have to ask. We'll him ask him in. during the toss. Yeah. yeah, we'll find out during the toss. JJ Watt also was on with Dan Patrick uh, yesterday as well, and um, it looks like, barring a change of heart by either Tom Brady or JJ Watt, the two should go in together into Canton as first ballot Hall of Famers. Maybe even Aaron Rodgers too, if he decides to retire. Here was JJ Watt on that possibility. I think it's cool to, to be retiring. We'll see at the, at the same time as the greatest of all time. I mean, so you think Brady will get in? I, I think he's got a shot. <laughs> okay. but he's what, got some accolades. What if Rodgers retires? He will also make it, I think. Okay. I think he's going to make it, too. Where, where are you on the totem pole? Oh. Brady? Bottom. Rodgers? <clears throat> yeah, no problem. you got to have a ring. I don't have one. You know what's crazy? Aaron yeah. Rodgers, I, this is going to sound stupid because the Texans have never been to a conference title game, but I'm just talking Aaron Rodgers in a vacuum is a great player, one of the five or ten greatest, most talented at least, quarterbacks of all time. He's only been to one. He's only been to, yeah. he's only been to one. Right, right. It's, it's crazy. It's so easy. Yeah. It's really a hard thing to do. It's kind of like with the – that's why I, – I mean, the Astros' run has been so phenomenal. And it's to go to four. I mean, it's just it's absurd. And even then, you realize, wow, it's really hard to win a World Series. Yeah, like the if there, I don't know if I've ever really appreciated how hard it is to win a championship until I've seen the team I follow win two of them. Um, it's just it's because it, you see how good those teams are. Yeah, and it like oh, record breaking offense, best best record in the league. Doesn't matter. It just it's really really hard. The- so. 
It lets you know how amazing the Astros are, which is really the purpose Aaron Rodgers serves in this life, is to let us know how, <laughs> Remind us how are. good the Astros yes, are. Absolutely. That's basically, yeah. Absolutely. Be, that's what I'm going to say at his Hall of Fame induction. Yes. Um, J.J. Watt had said in his Rich Eisen interview that he'd have a tough time doing media because everybody points out how wrong you are all the time. Um, I don't know. I, like, I feel like J.J. Uh, is, is kind of ready for that. First, uh, here is J.J. Watt talking about Tom Brady being the greatest of all time. Those guys both got – I mean, Tom has more rings than any team in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it's literally insane. Like, anybody who tries to argue – like, I, I, my tweet to him after was, like, greatest of all time, no debates, no arguments, and people tried to argue. I said, shut up. Like, just <laughs> shut up. Like, you're an idiot. Is he the greatest team player of all time in any sport? I mean, that's a very – that's a much more difficult argument because – I mean, you got guys with 11 rings. I mean, Bill Russell's on unbelievable. Like, how do you how do you quantify that? See, my takeaway from that: J.J. Watt would be a fun person to have barroom arguments with. I think he'd be yeah. good at because he calls because he'll call you an idiot if you disagree. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is true. Yeah. That is true. Sometimes I have to remind myself on the text line. I, I like sometimes everybody like everything looks worse in print, and I forget. I have to remind myself like, oh yeah. This guy's just texting the way he'd be talking if I was having an argument with him. Where like, oh yeah, you idiot! No, that's not true. Of course, no, of course, Brady's not the greatest of all time, you moron. So uh, yeah, he would be. He'd be really good. I, I think he should be on some kind of like cold pizza type of show. Yeah, back in the day, something kind of yeah, casual. Just, just yeah. a bunch of guys sitting around and uh, tossing it. Yeah. I agree. Tossing each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the next cut. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, JJ, I've got an idea for you. Involves tossing. <laughs> here is, here's JJ Watt laying out some of the, the ridiculous, absurd numbers on Tom Brady. I mean, when you look at they put up that graphic, I think it was two weeks ago or whatever, when they were playing, of conference championship games. Like, in Tom. And, and He's been in 15. And, and you sit there been. as a player, and you're, you're just sitting there like, I've never been to one. Uh, and people say, I have a, I've had a great career. I mean, you potentially, like, 12 years, I'm proud of what I did, but you sit there and you look at what Tom did for as long as he did it, and you have nothing but the utmost respect because you understand how difficult it is. You understand the parity in this league, the way that this league is set up with the draft order, with free agency, with waivers and everything. It's literally set up for the league to be a parity league. They want everybody to be in that 8-8 eight and eight window, and sometimes you swing one way, sometimes you swing the other. And somehow Tom, for 23 years, has found a way to never swing to the other side of the pendulum. I love that you pulled the Astros into this because you're right. As he's laying that out, I go, yeah, you know what? Like that, Every other team in the AFC East probably feels like a fan of those teams was like, yeah, we had to live in the era of Brady. And probably even some of the good teams that feel like they should have won a Super Bowl or two along the way yeah. more than they did or at least won one that wasn't able to win one was like, man, we just lived in the era of Brady. Like every, He just made it every year. The Astros are, the I think, the only team I've ever rooted for that's been on the right end of that sort of thing. Like, when I think of a team that's been on the wrong end of that sort of thing, most recently I think of the Rockets with Harden from, like, 16 through – from, like, Dwight Howard through Chris Paul, where the whole thing was they existed during this Warrior Super Team era and just couldn't break through. That's that's the Yankees right now. They they could have actually ended up being known as – if it weren't for the Warriors – the Rockets may have ended up being one of those, I don't want to say one of the all-time teams, but a, a notable team as far as like, oh, yeah, that that 
um, that 2010s era Rockets or from 2000, you know, in the mid 2010s. Yeah. Um, won several championships. Yeah. Like that, they were that good. They were just second best at a time when there was somebody that was all time, dominant. all time. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, that's why rooting for the Astros so, is fun, man. As far as Pat Mahomes, if Pat Mahomes only ever wins one Super Bowl, but goes to a few, is that, is he, he doesn't have anybody that he can blame. See, the Rockets had somebody they could blame where uh, Pat Mahomes doesn't have anybody he can blame. I would say he's an abject failure. That, uh, <laughs> if he only wins one Super Bowl? Yes. I would say he's uh, the most disgusting failure that's ever walked this <laughs> earth. He's, so he's getting penalized basically for losing Super Bowls. Like That's it, what they did to, to, to Brady forever. It was. Like, you know, like, wow. To, and, well, and to LeBron too. Remember when he was, you yeah. know, the, the whole chasing Jordan thing? He's like, well, he's lost a few. Like well, yeah, yeah, but he made it there. You know what I mean? You, you should only make the you should only make the championship game in a year when you'll definitely win it. Other yeah. than that, you get you get penalized for it. That got but brought yeah, up. Do it. But it's one if it's somebody that goes to ten championship games and loses five of them, but then somehow because the guy that went to four and won all four is better because he's undefeated in championship games. That's that's just bogus rationale. I cannot abide that. Yeah. No, it is weird. Like, Jim Kelly is looked at differently because he's 0 for 4 in Super Bowls. Like, okay, would he have been better off being 0 for 0 in Super Bowls? You know? Was it, would it be, well, okay, would you rather be Marino or, or Kelly? J- Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly Marino for sure. never made a Super Bowl. He made right? one. He made oh, one. He made one that lost. Okay, that's yep, right. He, lost yep, to yep. The, he got blown out by the Niners in a Super Bowl. Who's um, the greatest quarterback to never make a Super Bowl? To never make a Super Bowl. I'd have to go look at that during the break. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, I'll go check that out. It's a good question. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, Tom Brady made a bunch of Super Bowls. Tom Brady laid out his plans for yep. the next uh, for the next couple of years. Uh, Warren Moon, Sonny Jurgensen, and Dan Fouts, by the way. Okay, those, those are good ones. Yep, yeah, those those are definitely good ones. Um, Tom Brady laid out his plans. We just heard JJ talking about Tom Brady. Do we think that maybe Houstonians will get their wish when it comes to Tom Brady? That is next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. All right, we'll start, we'll start to dig into the Super Bowl more as the week goes on. Chiefs and Eagles this Sunday. You can hear the game right here on Sports Radio 610. Um, Tom Brady was on with Colin Cowherd yesterday and kind of laid out his timeline for when he plans to start his television career and why. Here is the GOAT. I think for me, I want to be great at what I do. And even, you know, talking even last week with the people at Fox Sports, you know, and, and the leadership there allowing me to start you know, my Fox opportunity in, in the fall of 2024 is something that's great for me. So take some time to really learn, become great at what I want to do, become great at, um, you know, thinking about the opportunity and making sure I don't rush into anything. And I, I, I think when people really bet on me, I think one thing about my career, whether I was when I was drafted by the Patriots or signing for agency with the Bucks, I wanted to be, you know, fully committed. And I, I never wanted to let people down. I think my biggest motivator was that. So you know, even in the future, I want to be great at what I do. And that always takes some time and strategizing and, and learning and growing and evolving. And I have so many people to rely on that um, can support me in that growth, too. So it's going to be a good, great opportunity for me to take some time to really uh, certainly become at my Fox broadcasting job, which I'm really looking forward to, but also catching up on other parts of my life that uh, need some need some time and energy. Behold. The anti-Romo. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's not going to just jump in there and wing it and uh, rely on what he's learned from a player, just being a player that year and just uh, and, and, and letting Jim Nance tutor him along the way. Um, where Romo got a lot, Romo got away with a lot of stuff that wasn't a conventional broadcasting logic necessarily because he was just so entertaining in a lot of ways. And um, that's falling by the wayside as he's losing the ability to complete uh, speak in complete sentences. Yeah. So that that's like that's the one. The other thing too, by the way, Sean, I feel like in some ways we frame this a little too much about Tony Romo not preparing for the games, when in actuality there are other broadcasters who don't necessarily prepare a bunch for the games, but who can still speak in complete sentences. And also understand the rule book. Yeah. You know, or understand what's going on in the field. It really, it seems like he's drunk the whole time. And not in a fun way. Uh, he's drunk in the way that, like, oh, my drunk friend won't shut up while this game is going on. I wish he would shut up and stop being such a bad drunk. There there was a uniqueness to Tony Roma. And I'm not just talking only about the predicting what play is coming. That got annoying, yeah. honestly, after a while. But there was a uniqueness to Romo's style and delivery that you need if you're going to cut through the 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 thing was his first couple of years it and it was the enthusiasm it was like the boyish enthusiasm of being yeah. at a game like his joy of being at a football game was very evident but it was slathered in actual analysis 
and things that you learn from, it's gone. Now, you're right. It's like sitting next to an obnoxious friend now at a game that won't shut you know up. The, you know the other thing that's happened with Romo that's really sad and really the most pathetic is that somewhere along the way, he mistook people liking his lively personality for people saying or thinking that he's actually funny. Because now he tries to tell jokes, and they suck. Yeah. They are awful jokes. They're not even jokes. They're like kind of little sarcastic uh, little quips, I suppose. Um, but they're not even jokes, and they're awful. And then he tries to impersonate Bill Murray, a comedy legend, in a parody of uh, of Caddyshack. And that, that was that – was, what broke it for me? Yeah. Once I saw his CGI'd stupid face on Bill Murray's body, I just wanted to to break every television in my house. So 2024 is the year Brady is looking to get started in TV. He's going to spend this year kind of preparing for that. Presumably, if he's not playing, he's going to spend this year preparing for that. It sounds like probably getting his house in order. His house has been there's been upheaval in the last year, obviously with the divorce and things like that. So Greg Olson is going to get, it sounds like, at least one more year with the number one team, which is really good yeah. for his wallet. That's a big and He'll be doing, yeah, Greg Olson grade. will be doing the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Greg Olson is, uh, is very, very good at his job. I, I've told you, Seth, I, the plan I stumbled into yesterday, just as we've been talking about, I feel like we've been talking about analysts more this offseason than most, probably because Romo has been so poor. Um, if CBS can get out of the Romo deal, if they can get out from underneath that, if there's any sort of out clause for performance, which I think will be justified at this point, um, get out from underneath that. And if Greg Olson, Greg Olson reportedly has a clause in his deal that once he gets demoted because of Brady, he can leave if a number one spot opens up with another network and then put Olson with Nance. And that would make life easier on all of us. Would CBS make that move the appropriate move? CBS doesn't have a great history of having like, yeah, they, the bell of the ball, the actual well, smartest, brightest kid uh, at the top of the honor roll. Huh. They've had various guys like uh, you know Sims or or Deerdorf or whoever else, like yeah. that, guys that don't generally seem to know what they're talking about. That part of it makes that part makes sense with Romo right now. A guy that doesn't seem like he's watching the same game you're watching. Yeah, the, the, that feels right with CBS. You know what's funny is um, awful announcing did a. Um, Awful announcing did a, a a poll on the different NFL announced teams across all the networks, not just the number one teams, but like all the way up and down the roster. You know, CBS has like seven different pairings. You know, Fox has like seven different pairings. The others pretty much have just one or two at the most. But they had a bunch of vote. They 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 took votes. They had thirty five thousand votes, and they had people score the teams as if you would score a college course. You know, a, a zero through four, G, almost a GPA. And Romo and Nance weren't even the number one team at CBS in this vote of about 35,000 people. The number, oh, wow. the number one team in this poll that Awful Announcing did, out of everybody, um, was Ian Eagle and Charles Davis with a 3.3. Yeah. yeah. Number two, okay. Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, 3.25. Yeah. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were third. Tony Romo and Jim Nance were fourth. Tony Romo, and Jim, Tony Romo and Jim Nance are the number one team at CBS and paid like it. They weren't even the number two team in this poll that, that Awful Announcing did. Well, you know, that doesn't look so awesome for Joe Buck either, by the way. Um, so well, who's number two? Uh, Kevin Harlan and Trent Green. Yeah, okay. So I think both Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan are awesome play-by-play commentators. I think they have uh, magical voices. I think they're awesome. 
and should deserve even more work than they already get if they if they want it. Kevin Harlan does like every sport all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I think Charles Davis and Trent Green, Charles Davis especially, he studies his butt off. Like, and he's a guy that doesn't really have uh, much clout as a player at all. I think he had a cup of coffee with a couple of teams. So he's not your classical color commentator. He just really knows football and really studies the teams that he's talking about. So that's nice. I feel like you learn something from him, like something genuine from him. I think Trent Green is the same way. And then the uh, the other guy that we had this year, Adam Archuleta. I enjoyed Adam Archuleta because for the same reason, I felt like, oh, okay, uh, this guy is actually teaching me things, and it looks like he's studied these teams and understands what's going on here with their game plans. So, yeah, way I like all those guys way better than some of the marquee guys, who I think, you know, obviously some of it is just the appeal of, uh, like the star appeal for the casual fan. Greg Gumble and Adam Archuleta, 13th on the list. Well, Gumble, as we know. That's what I choose to believe. Sports radio hater. Yes, I choose to believe that sports radio hater Greg Gumble dragged this crew down. Greg Gumble did an interview in which he uh, said sports radio is awful because, A, the audience only wants to hear how they're supposed to think uh, and be told what to think by the host, and that, B, the audience calls in and tells the host that he's wrong too much. Um, So that was... That was about how bright the, the, that guy is right now at this stage in his career. He needs to go ahead and retire. He's, he's old, man. Like, and he sounds like it. He's not making any sense. Which of the CBS crews sort of feels like the Texans crew the last couple of years? Like, when you sit there, like a few years well, ago when the Texans were actually decent, it felt like Ian Eagle. You know, they weren't always Nance and Romo worthy, but they yeah. had Ian Eagle, the number two team. With Tasker. Tasker was our guy. Yeah. Now it's Lofton, 100%. Lofton is... Lofton all the time. Yeah, yeah, we get Lofton quite a bit. And, Lofton is paired with Andrew Catalan. And, and Lofton, Lofton doesn't seem like at the end of the year he knows anything more about the Texans than he did at the <laughs> beginning of the year. I, I get the same sense with Lofton that I do with Romo. Like, oh, this guy... This guy has not put an ounce of thought into this football team in the last six days. He just showed up and went, yeah. Uh, I feel like we get a lot of Spiro Didis and Jay Feely as well throughout the season. Is Feely still doing color commentary? He is, yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah, with Spiro. Okay. Yeah, Spiro Didis. I feel like those are our two squads. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. I think we get way more Lofton than anybody, though. Do we? Yeah. I, I think Lofton – I felt bad for Archuleta because we got him a few times. Like, I knew Archuleta was good because we got him at least a couple times this yeah. year. And I felt bad that he was being uh, relegated to one of the bad games. To gumble so, duty, yeah. Lofton at this point, like, okay, dude, like at some point – at some point you got to realize, hey, oh, wow, they're – but of course he does – but then on the radio side, he has the primetime game, doesn't he? Or did they move him off of that? Well, I'm not sure. I don't listen to enough of the radio broadcast. I know I'm in radio and we carry all the games. I'm usually home watching them at the time that they're on. Yeah. Um, my favorite one is Tariko and Collinsworth. They're fifth on this list. The Tariko and Collinsworth are behind a crew that has Tony Romo is criminal to me. But uh, yeah, I, I like um, I like Tariko a lot. I think Collinsworth, ever since he started Pro Football Focus. He leans a little too heavily on pro football focus, yeah, and to the point where it doesn't. I, I it, it's, it's apparent that he hasn't actually watched the games as much as he used to because now he has all this data at his fingertips. But there's something that's lost then. I think when sometimes you you understand the game strategically, but you don't necessarily understand the human side of it, or the, you, you can't if you're not. 
if you're not getting excited about the player himself, then it's it's not the same. So, um, yeah. All right. My wife Amy just texted me a news item that she said Seth Payne is going to be very excited about this. Okay. It's television related. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what it is. We'll talk to John Lopez and find out if he climbed to the top of Camelback Mountain next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, final segment, Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. Um, so I got this text from my wife, Amy, and she said, she said, let me get the exact phrasing here. She said that, um, she said, Seth will be so happy. Um, is she being sarcastic? No, no, I don't oh, think so. Okay. Well, you tell me. Here's the title of the article. Shocker, Yellowstone on verge of cancellation amid alleged <laughs> Kevin Costner dispute. <laughs> your show sucks. That's your dispute. Yes. You guys all, you're all, every, everybody in that damn family sucks. Yeah. Now you want me to watch a show about a family of, uh, I hate everybody. All of them. All of them. And now that the kid isn't fat, now I hate him too. I felt bad for him when he was fat. The little kid that, now, that, yeah. that Beth and, uh, and yeah. Rip adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now he's just now that he's uh, just a normal teenager. I hope he dies along the rest of them. Um, yeah. Here's the news because there are <laughs> this, there are probably some of you listening that actually do like the show and are oh, a little yeah. concerned Sorry, right now. I apologize, everybody. That you like, no, I wanted things. you to take yeah. your victory lap first, yeah. uh, obviously. But here's here's uh, here's the news: a major crisis has befallen TV's number one drama. Paramount Network may prematurely pull the plug on Yellowstone amidst a behind the scenes dispute with leading man. Kevin Costner, according to Deadline, uh, the crux of the issue, this is a quote, the crux of the issue involves Costner and disagreements over shooting schedules, with the Oscar winner allegedly wanting to limit himself to just one week of shooting on the remaining eight episodes of season five, which are scheduled to air this summer. So if they haven't shot any of these eight episodes, he wants to shoot them all in one week? Do they plan on sleeping? My God. He's the main character. It's not like he's... I mean, unless they're killing him off. I gotta, I gotta say, I credit his uh, his work ethic. 
at his age. Unless he's like, unless he needs to finish up so he can go off to Cabo or something. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what his deal is. Because I, I, you know, like 1923. I really like the show 1923. That's the one that I, I believe that's the right now for me. That's the one show in this Taylor Sheridan empire that he's built between. 18, 1923, and Yellowstone. Not to mention whatever show there is about that stupid cowpoke um, that went off on his own. Right. To the six, oh, six, six, Jimmy, six. yeah. Jimmy, Has that yeah. show started yet? I hate Jimmy God, so I much. I not. I can't wait until he dies. God, I hope they all die together. Um, <laughs> except for Harrison Ford. Harrison <laughs> Don't Ford. die, <laughs> everybody. <Yeah. laughs> yes. He wants them all that, to that, die. The only thing that sucks about 1923 is they brought back that god-awful woman uh, who now narrates it. Yeah. Uh, the the hero that I've most ever wanted to die in any kind of movie, miniseries, TV show, anything was uh the the lead character from eighteen seventy three eighteen eighty three yeah eighteen eighty three yeah and uh, but now she's a narrator on nineteen twenty three but I can stomach her for a little bit as long as her actual character is dead you can stomach her voice in nineteen twenty three well listen listen you can kill John what's his face off from Yellowstone pretty easy John I, Dutton? I think. Yeah, John Dunn. That's Kevin Costner's the, character. For he's those the most know. annoying character on the show. He won't stop whining and complaining about every little thing. He sucks <laughs> at his job. You think he, he sucks at his job. job. Like he he's a bad rancher. Yeah. He's a bad governor. Yeah. He was a bad uh, wild. Uh, he was a bad livestock commissioner. Bad he's father. bad at everything. He's just a freaking nepo baby. Yeah. Who whines and bitches about everything? Go die, Kevin Costner. <laughs> character. <laughs> Go die, everybody. Well, John you, Dutton. John Dutton is the character. Well, you know, I've yeah. I've got beef with Costner because he accosted me at the Super Bowl one year. It was the purple nurple. It, it was nine weeks, nine years ago this week, maybe yeah. to the day that Kevin Costner accosted me on Radio Road during an interview that Rich Lord and I were doing with him to promote the movie Draft Day. He was yeah. sitting there. He was sitting there at the end of our table. Interview. We're interviewing him. Rich is on one side of the table. I'm on the other, and Costner is sitting to my left. And yeah. as Rich is asking a very long question of Kevin Costner, my phone rings on the table. Costner picks it up and looks at it as if it's his phone. And I kind of lean in while Rich is still asking the question. I lean in and I take the phone and I kind of whisper to him, hey, that's my phone. And he looks yeah. at me right in the eye and smiles and reaches out and grabs my left nipple and twists it really hard. Really yeah. hard. That was a, And that was the birth of the hashtag Sean 2 movement. Yeah. It was... Uh, <laughs> right. That was, was. It was you were you were sexually assaulted by Kevin Costner out in front of everybody. It's incredible. Which is like, and you know, people would say like, "Well, Sean, why didn't you object or something?" And you're like, "Because I'm in shock. I didn't know what the hell to do. I didn't know what to do." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. then you went to his concert later on. That I did evening. a year later. We went to his concert. Went backstage. So I, there was something where I was smitten with him a little bit, I suppose. Um, yeah. And he was very nice. He was a perfect gentleman at the concert. He didn't grab my left breast or anything there. Um, he was alleged to actually wasn't he once alleged to have not been the perfect gentleman to a massage therapist. I don't too? know. I don't know. He certainly yeah. wasn't a gentleman on Radio Row. I'll tell you that much. Well, listen, John Dutton. I I hope I hope he at the very least gets. I know some of you for whatever reason like that show Yellowstone still, even though it's basically become C-SPAN Montana. Like, oh, what happens this week? Well, we're going to jockey for position in uh, getting uh, this easement created it, yeah, on dude, historical landmarks. and prote- It's like, trash. It's trash. Yeah, it, it is, it is trash. Number one drama, my ass. 
Um, yeah. Tulsa King. Oh, but watch out for that Beth. She's a strong, independent woman. Yeah, okay. What do you mean by that? Well, she's psychotic, and yeah. she'll go ahead and murder you. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, she'll hit innocent people over the head with beer bottles. Yeah, way to go. Um, let's give away some Zach Brown Band tickets here. Uh, let's do that right now. It's rodeo time. Oh, that's very soothing right there. I'm just going to let that play for five seconds. Um, call right they, now. Uh, is that guest singer on Yellowstone this year, that woman? Is she like an actual country singer or something that I don't know about? I don't know. Anything? Yeah. The one that had the romance with the cowboy? I do not know. I'm not okay. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, call now, though, if you want to win tickets to see Zach Brown Band. 713-572-4610. Four-pack of tickets. Caller number five. This is your last chance to win on this show, mostly because we're done in five minutes. Um, but in the loop, we'll have two chances for you to win. Uh, the, the drive with Sterner and Hughley, we'll have two chances for you to win all day long. We're giving away. Actually, the drive has Jason Aldean tickets. So in the loop, Zach Brown Band. You're darn right. Which makes you guys the big winners. I'm more of a Zach Brown Band guy than I am Jason Aldean, but to each their own. Isn't Zach Brown JJ's uh, big band? They did a Bose commercial yeah. together back in the day. Yeah. yeah. So um, they're great. They're mm-hmm. great in concert. And I love their music. They're awesome. Um Hi, John Lopez. Hello there. Are you a Yellowstone fan? No. Okay. Well, then, uh, I probably should be because I, I feel like I'm missing the boat, but uh, then I heard Seth and I don't feel like I'm missing the first boat. First few seasons were great, and then it just, as Seth just said, it turned into C-SPAN Montana and yeah. it's become trash. Yeah. yeah. So, um, question. Mm-hmm. Did you climb to the top of Camelback Mountain when we went to the Super Bowl in 2015? I sure did. You did? It was death warmed over. How man. long did it take you? About an hour. <laughs> About okay. an hour. Seth, yeah, I, so, you might remember, I invited you to go with me. Yeah, I, I remember that you, uh, I didn't, you, you didn't pack enough water, right? Yeah. Didn't you, didn't you? <laughs> that was a tactical that error. That was a tactical yeah. error. I didn't take any water. Okay. Uh, which was None? None. Okay. I well, thought, well, That's you definitely know, not enough. You know me, I love the outdoors, all that stuff. Yeah. I said, I'm going to go climb <laughs> Camelback. A little bit of a of misjudgment I mean, there. Who'd have thought that an outdoor activity would require hydration? <laughs> Did you see JJ Arizona? Climbing? That's why we're asking. I, yeah, yeah. I would guess is it is it one of these things where because you're in Arizona, but it's like it's the time of year when it, it might only be seventy degrees out. You don't realize how much the dr- exactly. the, the dry air dehydrates exactly. you. Yeah. you. Also, I also didn't realize. I thought you know we hike, you know we go out. I'm fishing, all that stuff. How hard can it be? Oh, my God. We hike. You lived in a Tascacita. I know. We go to the Sam Houston National Forest. It's dead flat. It's dead flat. We hike on bicycle trails. Right. Yeah, paved yeah. asphalt. It's a green belt. Like, where's all it's the good- asphalt on Camelback? Greatest hiking. I'm looking it up right now in the United States. Camelback Mountain, number one. I can attest. Memorial Park, number two. <laughs> I can attest. But, um, <laughs> where's all the yeah, pavement? I thought you probably... What was it? And is it one of those things where you hear that it takes an hour to do? So you think like, oh, okay, no big deal. But it ends up being like you're like on a stairmaster on level twenty the whole yes, time. Yes, yes, and <laughs> okay. yes, and I kept slipping. I mean, it's it's actually. Oh, a little... you didn't have proper traction. No, I did. I had good good okay. you know hiking shoes and all that stuff. But man, are you sure it was only an hour? JJ said he did it in forty six minutes. I did it in an with hour. a baited weighted backpack though. That's true. Yeah, he did yeah, have a weighted. Yeah. Did you, were you carrying anything? Obviously not any water. But that, anything that else? picture I posted. Did yeah. you see it? No, uh-uh. I posted a picture of me at the top of Camelback okay. uh, on JJ's post. Oh, okay. Uh, on the comments? <laughs> yeah, on okay. the comments. And it was like 10 feet away from where he took his picture. Oh, really? I know exactly where he was. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to climb that last little ridge, that last little you know yeah. thing. It's about eight feet high. 
I was like, no, because I'll kill myself. I think JJ's going to enjoy retirement. I think he is. I think he'll adapt to it very, very well. Yes. It was a blast, but uh, boy, I was was kissing the ground when I landed. What's happening today, man? Well, uh, you know, you know, uh, Landry, old lock dog, uh, likes to dig in. He 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 dug in on the D'Amico's impact on the Super Bowl. It was pretty enlightening. Okay, Uh, all right. uh, How he's impacting directly the Super Bowl uh, this weekend. And I know you guys uh, talk, touched on this. Uh, D'Amico is quite the topic in Denver. He is. Somebody's yeah. lying. Yes. There's no question, 100%, someone is lying. Yeah. And I'm guessing you have a guess or a hypothesis. Well, you look this. at the motivation. Yeah. Look at the motivation for lying. That's always the, the biggest tell. Okay. And uh, I think it's pretty clear on this one as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got a lot of mileage out of old Sean Payton today on the that show. That thing's going to be a disaster. In Denver, I, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work. And I'm a Peyton fan. I like Peyton. I, I mean, Seth pointed this out a couple times during the show when we talked about Russell Wilson. Stylistically, the things Russell Wilson still looks like he might be okay at and that he's been good at for the duration of his career mm-hmm. do not mesh with what a Sean Peyton offense looks and like. And they're talking about systems and all this other stuff. Yeah. They forget that he's... Not good anymore. Yeah. Did you like how he listed no reasons why he took the Denver job other than they were the first ones to show up and meet with him in person when yes, he had the chance to exactly, do that? Yeah, exactly. That was good. Uh, Mike and Tom Ball, the winner of the Zach Brown Band tickets. Good for you, Mike. You're going to enjoy it. It's good a great job. show. I hope to go myself. The, uh, the country singer is Lainey Wilson, mm. apparently, according to our listeners. And okay. then I didn't know this. The pink-haired cowgirl, uh, that's Michael Landon's daughter. Oh, yeah? So... He died. He d- he did very famously back in the day. Yeah, I feel like he set a good example for the rest of the characters on that show. They all need to die. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might, thanks to a contract dispute. Um, we're done. We're out of time. Seth, antibodies to you, my friend. <laughs> antibodies to you. I'll read one more text. You went on a hike and you thought, nah, no need for water. <laughs> That's exactly. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. Exactly. <laughs> John yes, Lopez. Apparently, never been on a hike before <laughs> in his whole life. <laughs> now, where there are drinking fountains every every three hundred yards. Camelback Mountain, right? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, look, where, a Starbucks. Where are the drinking fountains? <laughs> right across the street, exactly. there's a Starbucks. Where can I get a smoothie? <laughs> All right, we're done. We'll see you in. The loop is up next. Have a great day, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 